Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be doing a 12-team half PPR mock draft from the ninth overall spot on Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard, drafting up against the NFL.com pre-draft rankings. In today's video, we're going to be talking about my overall draft strategy in a 12-team half PPR mock draft from the ninth overall spot, meaning we're going to be going in-depth on all of my selections, talking about my thought process as I make my picks, as well as my thought process on the draft and how it is going, the other picks going on around me. But before we get on in to this video, I'd like to ask if you are new to my YouTube channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, to please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below. Not only is it free, I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship and while you're down there whether you are new or not please make sure that you hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video i'd also like to let you guys know that my rankings are now out on awesome i tweeted them out earlier today but the link will be in the description of those as well as the articles i write every single day on awesome so make sure that you guys check those out if you enjoy reading about fantasy football if you want to check out my updated ranking so without further ado let's get on into it this 12 team half ppr mock draft from the ninth overall spot the roster positions for this video are one quarterback two running backs two wide receivers a tight end flex kicker defense and six bench spots so let's get on in to the mock draft sitting at the ninth overall spot is honestly one of my favorite places to be drafting in a 12 team half ppr draft because i like drafting closer to the turn my least favorite picks are in the middle and I guess my second favorite would be at the beginning. The reason why I don't like the middle of the draft is because I feel like I'm just sitting there the whole time waiting on it to be my pick, whereas at the turn picks, when you're at the end, you get to make those two picks in a row and then wait a bit. Obviously, you're still waiting a decent amount of time, but I feel like I can control my team a lot better when I'm drafting closer to the turn, whether that's at the beginning of the draft or at the end of the draft. So looking at the draft board, we see that Christian McCaffrey came off the board, followed by Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, 9-inch Nicholas Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, and Austin Eckler. So we are sitting at the 109, and not a single wide receiver or tight end has been selected yet. It has been eight straight running backs. Now, inside of the first round of every single draft, the running back position is going to be dominant, unless you're playing in like a super flex or a two-quarterback league. People like to get that workhorse running back early, and it makes a lot of sense because the bust rate at the running back position increases so drastically after you exit the the first and second round it becomes more likely in the third and fourth round that that pick ends up being a bust and then after that it obviously gets even harder to find that running back so that's why I like to pick running backs early but we when the draft falls this way, you almost have to consider getting a wide receiver at this pick because we do have the pick of the litter at the wide receiver position. If we were to take a wide receiver right now, my favorite wide receiver to draft in fantasy football for 2021, my number one overall guy is Devontae Adams. I really see no downside with drafting Devontae Adams. This guy just has so much of a target share in the Green Bay Packers offense, whether that is just normally or in the red zone. This guy is just a target monster. And I believe that he is going to have yet another great season in 2021. When this guy is healthy, when Aaron Rodgers is there, he is going to put up some big numbers. So looking at the players still available right now, we can see at the running back position, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris at wide receiver, everyone at tight end, everyone. And obviously at quarterback, everyone is there as well, but we're not going to be taking a quarterback. So news dropped today that Carson Wentz, as well as Quentin Nelson, all of that worry, I guess, is a bit fugazi because 
guess what's going to happen? It appears that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are going to be good to go potentially for week one. So this narrative about it potentially being maybe seven plus games of the season seems to have been killed by this new report. Now, am I 100% sure that this is not just some type of a narrative that's not necessarily false, but maybe he will still miss some time? That is 100% possible at this point. But it appears that Jonathan Taylor's risk is way lower right now than it was just about yesterday. Yesterday, I would have told you that Jonathan Taylor inside the first round is a little bit crazy because while he is a great running back, if you don't have your offensive lineman there, if your quarterback isn't there and you're not able to move the ball efficiently, then Jonathan Taylor will struggle. But right now, I am much more inclined to draft Jonathan Taylor here. Saquon Barkley off the PUP, the physically unable to participate. So he may be a pick here as well. But with how the draft has fallen, I want to go ahead and snag Devontae Adams at this pick. I believe that he's the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. Normally, I go ahead and draft running backs early. So I like to go ahead when I do these mock drafts to try to do something different every single time. So here we're going to see what happens if we go with Devontae Adams here at the 109. And we'll see how we build our team with that wide receiver inside of the first round. So after we went Devontae Adams, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Najee Harris, and Stefan Diggs come off the board. So typically in the first round, you're going to see anywhere from two to four non-wide receivers go inside of the first round in a 12-team league. This time, we just see two non-running backs go in the first round. I might have said non-wide receivers, but I meant to say non-running backs inside of the first round. The second round opens with two wide receivers and one running back. Typically, the second round is when more wide receivers come off the board, but then in the third round, once people are already confident in their running back brigade that they have back there, the, the wide receivers just start flying off the board, and the running backs start coming off a lot slower. So looking at the board right now, based upon what we can see, at wide receiver, we have Calvin Ridley, Deion Andre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen. At running back, we have Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, Clyde, Edwards Lair, JK Dobbins, Chris Carson. Antonio Gibson would be my pick at this spot. There was a lot of worry about injury when it came to Antonio Gibson, but that narrative has appeared to be stabbed up a bit as well. It appears Antonio Gibson will be perfectly fine to start the season. I love Antonio Gibson on this Washington football team offense. Just right there, you can see on the screen, Antonio Gibson's turf toe from 2020 is a non-issue according to head coach Ron Rivera. Antonio Gibson is one of the more versatile backs in the NFL. He's a very talented pass catcher as well as a great running back as well. Now in the offseason, they ended up getting rid of, obviously they got rid of Dwayne Haskins. The whole quarterback situation to me definitely cleared up a lot in Washington with the addition of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if Fitzpatrick isn't able to get it done, Taylor Heineke actually looked pretty solid in that playoff game up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe with such a strong defense, they're going to be able to run the ball a lot in these games that Antonio Gibson should be able to eat up those points in 2021. So I like Antonio Gibson a lot inside of the second round. His somewhat talk of that injury with that turf toe, I think has kind of knocked him out of first round consideration, but I'd be fine taking him in the first round. After Antonio Gibson, we see A.J. Brown followed by DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, George Kittle, Calvin Ridley, Darren Waller, D.K. Metcalf, Joe Mixon, Patty Mahomes, Clyde, Edwards Hilaire, Allen Robinson, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Terry McLaurin, Julio Jones, and David Montgomery. Very interesting to see A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, 
Justin Jefferson all go in front of Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is my fourth favorite wide receiver in fantasy football, my number four wide receiver in my rankings because of the severe amount of targets that this guy is going to be receiving in Atlanta. This is a team that is super pass heavy with a shit tier defense, which typically leads to you becoming much more of a pass heavy offense. I'm honestly not too sure what the drawbacks are with Calvin Ridley that are making him fall behind guys like A.J. Brown, especially A.J. Brown. To me, that is really, really crazy. So we're back up on the board here. Right now, we got run, one running back, one wide receiver, Antonio Gibson, and Devontae Adams looking at the board right now. Running back, Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, Darrell Henderson, Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, Kareem Hunt. Looking at wide receivers, Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin. Now, looking at the running back position here, to me, there is one running back that is still available. That is a true step above the other running backs, in my opinion, and that is Chris Carson, running back of the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Chris Carson is far from the sexy pick in fantasy football because he's just not one of those players that really makes your eyes ejaculate when you watch him. He's never going to take a defender and fucking stiff arm him like Derrick Henry. He's never going to hurdle someone like something that a guy like Saquon Barkley can do. But you know what he's going to do? Game in and game out. Get his head into the dirt and fucking run the ball. He's just going to put his head down and establish the run in Seattle. While the Seattle Seahawks narrative appears to be switching, at least in the media senses, like with the fantasy football analysts talking about how this is going to be a more pass-heavy team, I genuinely do not believe that for a second. Pete Carroll continues to talk about running the ball in Seattle. It's what he loves to do. He loves to run the football. It's ingrained inside of his DNA. I wouldn't be surprised if the man had a tattoo on his back that says, run the ball. Keep Keep the family close, but run the ball closer. Something like that. One of those fucking weird ass things that people have at their houses. I believe that Chris Carson is going to be seeing a boatload of carries in 2021. He is also a very solid receiving back. Obviously not Alvin Kamara, not Christian McCaffrey, but still a very capable receiving back. And the fact is that Rashad Penny has not been able to stay healthy. While they're going to try to use Rashad Penny maybe a little bit more, he has yet to be able to stay healthy and he has yet to prove anything to me in Seattle. So I'm very excited to get a workhorse running back in the third round in Chris Carson. So we're going to go ahead and take Chris Carson at this pick. After we went ahead and went with Chris Carson, we're probably going to look wide receiver here unless there are some running backs that I'm really looking to draft before there is a fall off at the running back position. So after we went with Chris Carson, came Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb, Miles Sanders, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, and Travis Etienne. To me, Travis Etienne is one of those running backs that is getting a severe hype train because of the fact that he is a rookie, and he is definitely an interesting pick. But to me, with James Robinson there, unless James Robinson was to get hurt. I just don't know how Travis Etienne is going to grace a potential three down workload in Jacksonville. I believe that James Robinson will be involved enough to kind of cuck Travis Etienne out of a very strong workload there. And that is going to make you very, very disappointed if you go ahead and draft Travis Etienne inside of the fourth round. I believe he does have a lot of upside, but as you're running back two, when you already draft Saquon Barkley, who may miss a couple of games of this season. There is certainly a lot of risk with that. So to me, when you have a build of a team like that, I'm not looking to draft Travis Etienne. Normally, I'm not looking to draft Travis Etienne at all. I mean, look at the board right now at the running back position. Darrell Henderson, sure, he's not 
fucking Cam Akers or anything, but he's going to fill that role effectively. So I'd much rather have Darrell Henderson when compared to Travis Etienne. Josh Jacobs, while I know that he is going to be getting his value in the receiving game taken away by Kenyon Drake, and Kenyon Drake will take some touches, Josh Jacobs should still finish as a top 24 back. Miles Gaskin in Miami. Obviously not the most spicy situation because he's not going to be a true workhorse back there in Miami, but he is the clear number one there. Mike Davis, a clear workhorse in Atlanta. Cleveland, while Kareem Hunt is not the starting guy there, while Nick Chubb is going to be taking away the touches from him, he is still a very, very safe pick. To me, taking Travis Etienne inside the fourth round is a humongous gamble. Now, I understand he's definitely a polarizing player because I know as I'm saying this, half of you are probably thinking, Nick, you're a fucking idiot. Travis Etienne, they drafted him inside the first round. They're going to want to use him. Him and Trevor Lawrence have that rapport at Clemson, so this is going to be really good. There's reports out of Jacksonville camp that you can't stop Travis Etienne. Should you be surprised that the Jacksonville defense can't stop Travis Etienne? The Jacksonville defense is complete and utter dog shit. Let's see what he does up against some real NFL defenses. Now, again, can Travis Etienne be good? I believe he is a really good player, so it is possible. But to me, early on in the draft, I am trying to mitigate as much risk as possible. Then later, after the fourth round, once we get in the fifth round, then I'm willing to do much more risky things. But inside the fourth round, I'm trying to keep it as safe as possible. And especially when you draft Saquon Barkley ahead of that, who is just risky because he's banged up. Could be missing a couple of games. Now, not that he's really banged up, but because he's coming off that surgery and maybe the team wants to rest him a little, then to me, drafting Travis Etienne is a little bit stupid at that spot. So the running backs that are still available, I like a decent amount. I also like the wide receivers that are still available. So looking here, you want to make sure that when you're in your draft to determine if you want a wide receiver here or if a running back is going to be able to fall to you, you want to look at the other teams. So right here, we have a team with two running backs, so it's less likely that they draft a running back. But here, these two teams, they only have one running back. So it's very likely that they make a selection at the running back position here. Right here, they have two Two running backs and a tight end likely going to go wide receiver right here same thing two running backs one wide receiver likely to go wide receiver right here wide receiver tight end running back they could easily go running back here they will likely go wide receiver here they will likely go wide receiver at all but they also swing back around so there's a pretty solid chance that by the time we are back up on the board none of the running backs that I am super in love with are going to be there no Darrell Henderson no Miles Gaskin no Mike Davis and no Kareem Hunt now I understand that I've taken Darrell Henderson in a lot of the these mock drafts so maybe you would prefer if I didn't end up taking him here but I believe I want to have three solid running backs on my team that I can rely on week in and week out especially if there's an injury to one of them then one of these running backs I can just throw directly into my lineup and start week in and week out and not feel as much as though I missed something in my roster so I'm going to draft Darrell Henderson here again Darrell Henderson is not fucking Cam Akers Cam Akers is an elite talent at the running back position who sadly tore his Achilles but this gives Darrell Henderson an immense shot in this offense to really take over here until Cam Akers returns in 2022. Darrell Henderson is also not some shit-tier running back. He's actually played pretty well at the NFL level, looked good in college. I believe that Darrell Henderson is definitely worth a fourth-round pick, especially since all signs 
point towards Darrell Henderson being the workhorse back there and them not bringing in any other running back. So we're going to go ahead here and draft Darrell Henderson at the 404. We are about 10 plus minutes into this video, probably around the 14, 15 minute mark at this point. So if you have ended up enjoying thus far through this video, please make sure that if you are new to hit that subscribe button down below. And if you're not new, make sure to hit that like button down below. So looking at the draft board, after we went ahead and drafted Darrell Henderson, Chris Godwin came out the board, followed by Mike Davis, Josh Allen, Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, Deontay Johnson, Kyler Murray, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Brandon Ayuk, Lamar Jackson, Cooper Cup, Dak Prescott, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, and Chase Claypool. Typically, you will see Patrick Mahomes, who is going to be the number one quarterback off the board in a majority of leagues, go anywhere from the first round to, I would say, the fourth or fifth round. And typically, shortly after Mahomes comes off the board, then panic ensues in the body of other players that are in your league because now they're thinking, oh man, I didn't get Mahomes, so I need to go get Josh Allen. I need to go get Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, whoever they have ranked as their quarterback too. So then panic just starts to ensue. And then after that, people start spamming. Now people are like, I need to go get Kyler Murray. They draft Kyler Murray. And then they're like, oh man, I'm not going to be able to get my quarterback in the next round. So now I have to take Lamar Jackson. That happens in basically every single draft. There are quarterback runs a lot in fantasy drafts. The same exact thing normally happens at the tight end position, but it's not really at the beginning of the draft. We did kind of see it with Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller, but it's normally in the middle of the draft. Once someone takes the Hawkinson, then someone panics. They take Mark Andrews, and that normally does happen again. Are these guaranteed to happen in your draft? No, but based upon how many drafts I've done over the years, and especially this year, I've seen it happen a lot. So looking at the board right here, we have three running backs and we have one wide receiver, but the build we have right now, I feel very confident in because now we can just really hammer out the wide receiver position or take a tight end at this point waiting on quarterback is one of my staples in fantasy football something that I've been doing for years because I believe that going ahead and reaching up on a quarterback isn't necessarily the best idea now it is the one of the safest things you can do in fantasy football because if you draft a Dak Prescott a Lamar Jackson a Pat Mahomes one of those guys right unless they get hurt there is a very low chance that that pick ends up just butt-fucking your team. Whereas if you draft a running back early on and maybe that guy just doesn't get the job or he loses the job or something, then you get really fucked over. But that doesn't really happen at the quarterback position. Same thing at tight end. If you draft a Darren Waller early on, if you draft a Hawkinson early on, the odds that that pick is going to screw your team over is very, very low. With tight end, I'm fine taking it earlier on in the draft. But for quarterback, typically I wait unless I get one of those top five guys at a price that I believe to be fair for what I'm doing. So I'm not really going to draft one in the second, the third, or the fourth round. But in the fifth round, if a Lamar Jackson was still available, one of those guys, then I would still be excited to take them here. But all of them have already came off the board. So looking at wide receiver, we got Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham Jr., Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster at tight end, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, and Kyle Pitts. If I'm being honest with you guys, TJ Hawkinson has been one of my must draft targets inside of this fifth sixth round range now I know in some drafts he actually falls even further but to me if you want to go ahead and secure that tight end inside of the fifth round and you're not really willing to pay that super high price for a guy like George Kittle a guy like Darren Waller or a guy like Travis Kelsey who's typically going to go in the first three rounds then your best bet is waiting until around the fifth round and taking TJ Hawkinson TJ Hawkinson is the number one target on these Detroit Lions team he is very comparable to Darren Waller tight end of the Las Vegas Raiders because TJ Hawkinson is the number one target on that 
team in Las Vegas. The same thing can be said about Darren Waller. While I don't love the passing attack in Detroit with Jared Goff under center, I think Jared Goff is smart enough to realize that, hey, you want to know how I keep my job? I throw the ball to TJ Hawkinson 7,000 times because he's actually going to catch the ball. The other wide receiver core there just honestly is not the best. So I think TJ Hawkinson is going to have an excellent third year in the National Football League. Looked really good last year after a very spotty uh, rookie season. So I'm going to go ahead and slide myself to the left over here so we can uh, go ahead and see the board a little bit easier. So after we went ahead and went with TJ Hawkinson, Zach Moss came off the board, followed by Tyler Lockett, Javante Williams, Chase Edmonds, Mark Andrews, and Justin Herbert. For some reason, Zach Moss always gets drafted very highly on these draft wizard Fancy Pros Draft Wizard mock drafts. Why, you may ask? I don't know. Zach Moss should not be drafted until like the 8th, ninth, 10th round. He is a guy that could be the number one running back in Buffalo, but hold your fucking horses until like the ninth, 10th round. Drafting him inside the 5th round to me is a little bit crazy. I'm sorry about that noise. My uh, headphones... They're just moving around under me for some reason. I guess my room's haunted or something. So Javante Williams is a running back that I am very interested in next year, this year with him. It's similar to ETN, but it's probably even worse here because Melvin Gordon, they have money invested in Melvin Gordon. This is his final year of his contract. So what I believe they're going to do is just run this motherfucker directly into the ground. Just run him until his legs just perish away. And then next year... I don't want you anymore like in Toy Story when uh, the kid threw Andy, I believe his name is, just threw Woody. He's like, I don't want you anymore type of deal. I think that's what's going to happen in Denver. I think Melvin Gordon gets a lot of carries this year. And if he doesn't, I think there's going to be a real close snap share to where Javante Williams is rendered irrelevant and Melvin Gordon is rendered irrelevant. This happened in the past in Denver with less talent, I guess. I mean, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, they were splitting carries. So I don't know. I'm just not really willing to pay the price for Javante Williams inside of the fifth round. I understand the upside is immense there, but there is a lot of risk. That's why I like to be a little bit less risky and draft a lot of running backs early on. So looking at the positions available right now, we're really just eyeing running back and the wide receiver position at this point. Looking at running backs, I'm fine waiting until the seventh round to draft another one. So we are going to go wide receiver now. Kenny Galladay, has been one of my biggest targets inside of the sixth round originally earlier on in the offseason. I was really off of Kenny Galladay because I believe that Daniel Jones does limit his upside, and I still believe it. But what I do realize is that Daniel Jones is going to want to become the franchise guy there in New York. He doesn't want to lose his job. He doesn't want some other asshole to get drafted there in the first round next year. And you want to know how he stops that? By feeding the guy that the New York football giants got the Brinks truck out for, backed it up, and gave him all that fucking money. While Kenny Galladay is banged up, let me go ahead and read the report exactly to you. Kenny Galladay hamstring expected to miss several weeks. Kenny Galladay will likely miss two to three weeks with a pulled hamstring. With his current time frame, he is expected to play week one. So Kenny Galladay should be fine. He should be fine for week one. I understand if you're trying to be a risk-averse fantasy player, then you do not want to draft Kenny Galladay. But we are at the point in the draft where you need to be taking risk. In the first couple rounds of the draft, go ahead, be safe. Wrap your fantasy football roster in a bunch of condoms, and you're going to be a-okay. But once we get this far into the draft, this is when it starts opening up and when you need to start being a little bit more risque. And I am very excited to draft Kenny Galladay here as the wide receiver one in New York to pair him with Mr. Devontae Adams. If you guys have noticed, in 
a lot of these fantasy drafts. Now, it hasn't happened in this draft, but so many teams are on by in week number seven. Personally, I don't really look at by when I'm drafting, except for at the quarterback and tight end position, because if I draft two quarterbacks, you do not want them on the same by. If you draft two tight ends, you do not want them on the same by. But otherwise, I'm just like, fuck it, because some of these guys that you draft are going to be cut maybe just one week into the season. They don't pan out or they get hurt or something. You cut them. That happens all the time. So don't just do some type of galaxy brain thinking into trying to draft a worse player because of their bye week unless you're dealing with quarterback or tight end. In that case, you really need to pay attention to the bye week. So looking at the board right now, after we went ahead and drafted Mr. Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson, we see Kyle Pitts come off the board, followed by Dallas Goder, Michael Carter, who's who I really wanted in the seventh round, so I'm kind of upset that he went in the sixth round after that, Devontae Smith, Russell Wilson, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Damian Harris, Raheem Mostert, Michael Pittman, James Robinson, T. Higgins, Odell Beckham Jr., Jamar Chase, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. So this just goes to show how different every website's ADP is. In yesterday's video, I am 99% sure on Yahoo that I got Michael Carter in like the 10th plus round. On NFL, his ADP is a lot higher, clearly, because we're drafting up against the NFL ADP. So that's something important to note. That's why I advise that when you're doing your mock drafts, if you don't do it on the Draft Wizard where you can select the pre-draft rankings you want to draft against, make sure that you are drafting on the website you are going to be doing that draft on because then you will have a much better idea of how the draft is going to go because on every single website, the players just go in completely different ranges. While you might love a player in the third round, you might come to realize that, hey, that player actually falls into the fifth round on the website I am drafting on because that's just how average draft position works on every single website. So looking at our team, we have a nice solid roster here, but now it's time to start building up that bench. Also just got some good news on a report. Now you guys know I'm all about the Rashad Bateman train, at least if you've been here recently. Uh, before that, I didn't really draft Rashad Bateman, but it appears that that injury that looked very bad. I'm going to be honest with you. If you saw the clip on Twitter, that looked very bad. He is trending toward missing weeks, not months, which is really good. Does that mean he's going to be ready for the start of the season? Maybe, maybe not. But at least this isn't going to be like a three-month injury, which would basically make him irrelevant in fantasy football draft. Someone you just pick up later on in the offseason or someone you draft, but then you can't really play him if you are not in an IR, a league with an IR spot. That's probably not a way I'd be looking, but it appears that he should be fine at least a couple weeks in the season, which is very, very good news. So looking at the running back and wide receiver position right now, again, not really looking quarterback, not really looking tight end either because we already have TJ Hawkinson. I've seen some teams draft two tight ends early on, which to me is just the most ludicrous strategy ever. So looking at running back, Ronald Jones, Trey Sermon, David Johnson, James Conner. Looking at wide receiver, Cortland Sutton, Robbie Anderson, DJ Chuck, do 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 baby Chark, Jerry Judy, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel, Will Fuller. So there's a lot of wide receivers that I like, not a lot of running backs that I like. Now I know that a lot of people don't like Ronald Jones. And I understand it. You want to know why I understand it? Because this backfield is so fucking confusing. Every single week you will see me during the season come on and I do running back start sit, running back rankings every single week. And every single time we get to Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, I'm going to tell you that I, frankly, do not know who the running back will be that week. That I do not know. But what I do know is that if Leonard Fournette was to go down, 
then Ronald Jones could easily be a top 12 running back in fantasy football. And what I do know is a lot of weeks, he will be a top 15, top 12 option. You just really won't know when to start him and when not to, unless he really gets the hot hand, which is possible, and just blasts away from Leonard Fournette and really becomes the guy there, which is possible. So I'm going with Ronald Jones because after that, to me, it just seems very risky with a lot of these running backs, especially since they're the clear number two on the team, whereas Ronald Jones, I feel like, will be getting the first licks at the beginning of the season to be the number one guy. Looking at the draft board after one with Ronald Jones, Cortland Sutton, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Will Fuller, Kenyon Drake, DJ Shark. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten out of the 12 teams have a quarterback. Yeah, just me and commitment issues. Uh, I get it called commitment issues, like commitment issues. Fucking what a knee slapper that one was. <laughs> I should make a video on my favorite team names, but the team names I use are like, they're, they're I just find them funny, but they're probably not even funny to you guys. So let me know your guys' favorite team names for fantasy football down below. I would love to read those. I love reading the fantasy football team names. So if we want to go quarterback, maybe we got to go it now before it swings back around here and this feller over here ends up stealing the quarterback that we want. Look at quarterback Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. You like that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is my favorite out of these, but is he really? Because I like Joe Burrow a lot because of the fact that that defense stinks and they're going to be pass heavy, but I don't even want to draft a quarterback here. I'm fine taking whichever one is left to me if that other team ends up taking one. Make sure, though, that you do draft a quarterback before people in your league start drafting backup quarterbacks. I do not believe in drafting backup quarterbacks unless you punt the position like I'm saying you just keep hammering running back wide receiver you fill up your bench and then it's like the last three rounds of the draft and you're like fuck now I gotta draft Big Ben and now if you're drafting Big Ben you gotta draft someone else because you can't really rely on Big Ben week in and week out that's the only scenario really where I'm looking to draft two quarterbacks if you draft like a Mahomes or something like that please do not draft a backup quarterback so looking at the running back and wide receiver position we got two running backs or we got four running backs and two wide receivers on the team thus far looking at the wide receiver position Robbie Anderson Jerry Judy Tyler yeah Boyd Brandon Cooks Debo Samuel Debo Samuel is one of those wide receivers that was very highly up on my radar just about a couple of months ago but the more I looked at it I'm like do I really want to invest heavily in this 49 because I like Ayuk I like Ayuk a lot more to be honest with you I think he's more talented but then I keep thinking about it I'm like how soon is it going to be that Trey Lance becomes the quarterback because it could be very soon it could be just a couple weeks in the season or we could see a whole season of Jimmy Garoppolo so there's a lot of risk in taking Debo because I believe if Lance is under center, they're going to really try to run the ball more. I think that the offense is going to technically be more efficient, but there's not going to be as much volume to Debo, to Brandon Ayuk, to George Kittle. But if Jimmy Garoppolo stays the guy, then Debo, Ayuk, Kittle should all be really good. So it is a kind of confusing situation to be talking about and just something that I'm overall basically avoiding at this point. I think Debo could be really good, but right now, I don't know. Robbie Anderson's a wide receiver that I'm not super high on, but I do like at this point in the draft. I think Sam Darnold is actually a pretty solid quarterback and that Adam Gaze basically completely bent this guy over a table and fucked him relentlessly, basically getting the job for being the quarterback whisperer, but he wasn't whispering anything correctly into his ear. Peyton Manning is such a schmuck for fucking making these the Jets organization believe that this guy is some type of quarterback genius. You know you're a terrible coach. If you go from being a head coach in the National Football League, Adam Gaze is now an offensive coordinator in high school. 
This motherfucker went from the tippity top job, unless maybe you consider college to be the top job because you could probably make more money in college. I think that's how it works. But yeah, you go from being at the biggest league, the National Football League, to being the high school offensive coordinator. They don't even make you the high school head coach. That just goes to show how much of a fucking idiot Adam Gaze is. So I like Robbie Anderson here in Carolina. Him and Sam Darnold do already have that connection, but... I don't really like him as much as I like Jerry Judy. Horsecock Drew Locke is looking relatively good in training camp. And if he ends up sucking, it's okay because Teddy Bridgewater will come and save the day. So I think Jerry Judy is going to have an excellent breakout sophomore season in the NFL. So after we went ahead and drafted Jerry Judy, we can see that David Johnson came off the board, followed by Trey Sermon, Kermit, Curtis, uh, Kermit Samuel, Curtis Samuel, James Conner, Robbie Anderson, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel, Tyler, yeah, Boyd, Darnell Mooney, AJ Dillon, Mike Williams, Hollywood, Brown, Antonio Brown, Jalen Waddle, and Tony Pollard. The cousins going back to back. Hey, cousin Nico, let's go bowling. Have you guys ever played uh, GTA 4? I think that's what that's from. Hey, cousin, let's go bowling. I mean, that probably has zero relevance to a majority of the people watching this video, but that was just the first thing I thought about. So with Michael Thomas, in the eighth round, I'm fine drafting him, but I mean, this motherfucker might actually get traded. Him and the Saints are, like, beefing on Twitter. Like, but there's something wrong with Michael, Michael Thomas, man. I'm going to be honest. There really is. This guy is a fucking head case. This guy's crazy. He's going down that Antonio Brown path, it appears. It is bad. Like, this man ghosts the Saints. And now he's, like, fucking sneak dissing them on Twitter. I, I don't know, man. He, he's a fucking weird man. But he's, he's a good wide receiver. So he's fine in the eighth round. But... He's probably going to miss a bunch of games. So you got to put him on your IR spot. You got to put him on ice for a couple of weeks of the season. Looking at quarterback here, all the guys that I still want are available. Tannehill, Hurts, Burrow. So we're going to continue to wait. Looking at running back, Gus Edwards, Jamal Williams, Naheem Hines, Devin Singletary, J.D. McKissick, Latavius Murray, James White, also available. Looking at wide receiver, Jarvis Landry, LaVishka Chenault, Michael Gallup, Corey Davis, Devontae Parker, Marvin Jones Jr. So looking at those wide receivers, Jarvis Landry to me is just such an unappealing pick. Now it's not because he's a bad player because if you guys remember in Miami, I I'm a Dolphins fan. I definitely remember this guy's like a top 10, top 12 PPR slot wide receiver because Ryan Tannehill is force feeding him this guy the ball. But in Cleveland, they like to run the ball. They like to run a lot more. And you know what that does? That makes it so you can't pass more. Shocker, right? When you run the ball, it's harder to pass. So they don't pass the ball as much. So why draft Jarvis Landry, right? Why do it? I don't really see the upside. He's just a safe pick, right? He's going to get like 10 points every week, and it is what it is. So if you're looking for some safety, then go ahead and draft him. But I'm looking for more upside than that, so we're going to go ahead and draft LaVishka Chenault, wide receiver of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I am against drafting DJ Chark, not because I think DJ Chark sucks ass at playing football or something, but because what I know is that Trevor Lawrence hasn't really picked one of those wide receivers to be the clear wide receiver one in targets yet because all of them are feasting in camp. Because again, just like with Travis Etienne, you should be feasting up against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense when you're the number one pick in the NFL and you have these great wide receivers. So I think LaVishka Chenault has a pretty good chance of being the number one guy there. So I'm gonna go ahead and select him. Typically, I go with Marvin Jones, but at the discount right here with LaVishka Chenault, I'm very excited to get him on my team inside of the ninth round. After I went ahead and drafted LaVishka Chenault, Kenny, Kenneth Gainwell can the board followed by Gus Bus Edwards, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, and Gabe Davis. Gabe Gabe Davis. Yeah, that's his name. Gabe Davis. So now 
at this point, with what we know about Carson Wentz, I think you can actually start attacking these Indianapolis Colts wide receivers in your draft. But without Carson Wentz, I was so nervous because Jacob Eason apparently sucked so bad that Sam Ellinger became the guy. Sam Ellinger is starting this weekend in preseason. So that really goes to show you how not so hot that uh, Jacob Eason was playing. So looking at the board right here, we're probably going to go ahead and establish our quarterback position here unless I want to go running back. And I kind of do. I like Jamal Williams. But we're going to go ahead and wait on another running back. And we're going to draft Ryan Tannehill at this pick. I like Ryan Tannehill a lot. While the Tennessee Titans are technically a run-heavy team, you don't bring in Julio fucking Jones to just run the ball seven zillion times. They're still going to run the ball, but they're going to pass the ball a lot too. Ryan Tannehill has been a very safe quarterback for fantasy football ever since he took over from Marcus Mariota a couple of years ago. So I like Ryan Tannehill a lot at this pick inside of the 10th round. Again, guys, we are very deep on into this video. So if you have enjoyed thus far, please make sure that you do hit that subscribe button down below. So after Tannehill came Devontae Parker, Tariq Cohen, John Brown, Smokey John Brown, Alexander Madison, Naheem Hines, Michael Gallup, Henry Ruggs, uh, Corey Davis, Latavius Murray, Sterling Shepard, Jamal with two A's, Williams, Nicole Hardman, Jalen Rager, Devin Singletary, Perry Campbell, and Giovanni Bernard. So we are back up on the board here, and we are going to probably look to hammer down on another running back here. We got one, two, three, four running backs, and we have four wide receivers on the roster. So a good rule of thumb, I explain this in every video, you want to draft more running backs than wide receivers because it's easy typically every single week to just close your eyes on the waiver wire. You close your eyes, bird box style, and you just you just pick up a wide receiver. And I make videos every single week which wide receivers to pick up, which waiver wire um, acquisitions to make. And it's easy to find a wide receiver. But at running back, not so easy. Pretty difficult. No bueno as they would say. So that's why I like to draft a lot of running backs because then if you just have those guys on your bench and they end up becoming the guy due to injury or something, then that's good. Tevin Coleman, now it is appearing more and more like he's going to become the starter. I do believe Michael Carter is going to pass him, but he would become the number two. That report about Ty Johnson, I guess, may have been fake. Not even fake, but more hype-based, not really performance-based. It seemed like Ty Johnson could become the guy, but it doesn't appear that's going to be so, 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 so. We're going to go ahead and draft James White here, though, with that said. I also am starting to like Philip Lindsay. For some reason, I feel as though that, dude, if David Johnson was to get hurt, Philip Lindsay is going to be fucking amazing. But without David Johnson getting hurt, I don't love it. James White, though, even though I love Damian Harris, for some reason, something, there's always something in my heart. I have a soft spot in my body, in my heart for James White. This is a fucking really good pass-catching running back that was really good in the past. Fucked everyone over last year. Had some serious issues happen in real life with his family, which was terrible. Terrible to read about, if you guys remember that. That was a terrible situation. And I think that genuinely impacted James White's play. And I think in 2021, he will be a lot better. Now, again, that is wishful thinking. I hope James White is okay. Obviously, what happened to him is so terrible that I hope he is okay. I think that he's still going to be involved in this offense, and I think that James White is a great running back that is, you know, really good at pass catching, not obviously going to be in the trenches or something like Damian Harris, but he is still a solid option. After James White came Irv Smith, Tevin Coleman, Sony Michelle, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Rashad Penny. So we're back up on the board here. Going to draft another running back. Typically wait on uh, drafting a defense and a kicker until the last two rounds. And we already got our quarterback, so I don't feel 
at all in any way about drafting another quarterback. Same thing goes with tight end. So we're going to go running back again here. And like I was saying, I do think Philip Lindsay does have somewhat of a role in this offense without an injury to David Johnson. Basically irrelevant. But again, all of these running backs back here without an injury are irrelevant really anyway. So after we went with Lindsay, Tre uh, Trevor Lawrence came off the board, followed by Deshaun Watson, Noah Fant, Samaj P. Ryan, Robert Tunyon, Terrence Marshall, Janu Smith, and Tyler Higby to close out the 12th round with Deshaun Watson. Every single day, I am looking to see what's happening in Houston. I'm looking to see if Deshaun Watson is going to be able to play or not, what is happening, and every day, every single day, this motherfucker is at practice. Like, what's going to happen? Is he going to be able to play? I don't know, because he's still not on the commissioner exempt list. So how do you deal with Deshaun Watson? Let me know down below. If you're drafting your league tomorrow, are you fine drafting Deshaun Watson, or do you think that's a crazy scenario to be doing? Because I think as your quarterback, too, it's almost worth it because he has top five upside. If he doesn't end up playing, if they end up just putting him on the exempt list, you just cut him and pick up someone else. That's kind of my thought process on Deshaun Watson right now because it feels like we don't know exactly what's going to be happening. So with our final pick here, we are going to be going wide receiver. I like Bateman. I like Aguilar. I like Elijah Moore. I like... Let's see. I like Perryman. I like Jacoby Myers. I like Brian. I don't like Brian Edwards. But I understand the upside. People, dude, let me see if I can click on this. Let me see if it tells me, dude. People are telling me that Brian Edwards is the second coming of fucking Terrell Owens or something. That's what it appears to be on Twitter. So I don't really believe that, but I guess there's a lot of hype train here. We are going to go with Russell Gage, wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, wide receiver number two on the team. I like Cole Beasley as well. I like Rashad Bateman. I think Cole Beasley is going severely under the radar because of, if you guys remember last year, this guy was a top 12 wide receiver a decent amount of times, a top 24 option a lot of the times, and you can find him now in the 13th, 14th round. He's still on a team with Josh Allen, who's really fucking good. So, I don't know. I like Cole Beasley. After Russell Gage came Tud Gurley, Jeffrey Wilson. Then we see Wayne Gallman, Young Hoku, Rodrigo Blankenship, LA defense. We're going to go with our defense first. We do draft defenses for their week one opponent and the Denver Broncos. Look at this schedule right here. Let me pull this up right here. Jets. Jags. J or Giants. Jets. Fuck. Why can't I read? Giants. Jags. Jets. First three weeks. Amazing. Then after that, not so great, right? Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Vegas, pretty not the best. So then you just cut them after that. So you draft them for the first couple of weeks based upon the opponents they're playing, especially just week one is the defenses I'm looking to target. And then after that, you can cut them if they have a harder opponents. But I think maybe Jacksonville struggles a little bit with a tough Denver defense. So we're going to go ahead and draft the Denver Broncos defense. Then final pick, we're going with the kicker. And Will Lutz sadly hurt out a bunch of weeks. So don't be drafting him, even though he's like the good old, old reliable kicker. So I'm going to go ahead and exit out of this, hopefully. It's going to let us take a kicker. We're going to go with Matt Prater, now kicker of the Arizona Cardinals. Who would have known? Who would have known? I mean, like, I figured that out a couple months ago. But in reality, you never see the news about kickers in the news. So I'm going to go ahead and now I'm not going to make myself bigger. I'm going to just point at, oh, point at it. Make sure you guys are reading this. Provided by Sleeper, which is hilarious that this stuff is provided by Sleeper. But this is a clear, direct competitor to Sleeper. Quarterback of our team is Ryan Tannehill. Running backs, Antonio Gibson and Chris Carson. Starting wide receivers, Devontae Adams and Kenny Galladay. Our tight end is TJ Hawkinson. Our flex is Darrell Henderson. Our defense is the Broncos. Our kicker is Matt Prater. Our bench is composed of Ronaldo Jones, Jerry Judy, LaVishka, Chenault, James White, Philip Lindsay, and Russell Gage. So let me know down below what you guys think about this 12-team half PPR roster. We got a B plus, Pretty solid in my mind. Thank you guys for watching. I love you guys all. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to check out my articles on Osmo.com. That is one of the best 
ways to help me out is checking out those articles. So please click on them. Please click on them. You don't even have to read them. You can just click on them and it helps me out. But I would appreciate if you read them. And let me know down below in the comments what you think about the articles because I would actually really like to make them better. So if there's anything that you have like an issue with them, let me know and I will write something different. I'll try to, you know, switch it up around a little bit. They are very short reads on there. Only a couple of minutes. You get my feeling on the player and you get out and you can read another one. So I appreciate that. Make sure you guys check everything out. I love you guys. Stay safe. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday, my dudes. I love you guys and gals. Goodbye.